0: Hello and welcome back to the Trauma of Abuse podcast. <laughs> Today I am talking about predatory men. This is my topic. There's two um, topics that I'm going to be researching and looking into and one of them is predatory men. The behaviours of predatory men, I think we've touched on this quite a bit so far. Um, we've been given examples of it. How people lured in their um, and groomed their um, victims and survivors and how that then went on to destroy their lives, destroy their relationship with their children, destroy human life, um, and how they manipulated people in other ways to destroy them through various... And, you know, there's been a lot of criticism along the way about people involved in that process. Um, But I'm talking specifically about predatory men because I think they fall into a spectrum. We all understand, um, and we have a growing understanding now of... um, the spectrum of narcissism, spectrum of psychopath, spectrum of autism. Not that those things are connected um, and are the same thing, but basically, there is, um, you know, the sort of low level traits of things, but there's also full blown attributes um, that become apparent. And so um, I was really interested by an article that I read actually by a lady called Shannon Ash- Ashley. Um, look it up if you haven't seen it already. Um she's basically done an article called predatory men routinely sidestep sexual consent which I thought was very interesting um I think that's worth reading you can you can search that online and it talks about that very aspect really I've also um discovered two books which were written um, published in 2006, um, a Dutch novel um, called um, Diary of an Ox- Oxygen Thief, Diary of an Oxygen Thief. is by an anonymous author um, and there's also another one following on from that called Chameleon in the Candy Store. Um, very strange anonymous author, um, best bestseller um and reached you know an acknowledgement um in new york etc in brooklyn and in, in various arts magazines and um you can find this on kindle you can find this these books to buy on ebay and what it does is it tells you a story about from the perspective of the perpetrator so they're sitting down in a cafe and um you can actually download if you're not sure if it's sort of a book that you want to read you can get a sample of it i think on most kindle apps or things like that where you can all on amazon bookstore um or online you can you can usually get um a sort of sample to read to see you know the sort of thing i'm talking about but these are amazing um points of view and one of the things that a lot of women say to me is you know well how can they do that what are they thinking or well, i don't like to focus too much on what the perpetrator's thinking because i always think well let's make it less about them and more about you and what you're doing and keep the focus off them but it's very hard when people are trying to make sense of it and I think it gives them a real insight when they're not sure they're not sure if this is just a silly man or somebody who doesn't know quite what they're doing or they make excuses for them or we all do it um, or we're not quite sure if they're a good guy really do you know what I mean or they have this idea oh, people aren't good and bad it's not that black and white um, but these people are doing horrific things um to their victims so i thought it would be really interesting for um, me to do a little bit of looking into this um basically the the whole thing is that what are they thinking and that those two books there the diary of an oxygen thief and chameleon at candy store gives you a sort of insight into the what they put out there, you know, say meeting a a, a woman in a cafe and chat chatting to her, and what they're really thinking in their heads, and it gives you that thought pattern, you know, sort of sitting there, because often psychopaths, sociopaths, narcissists, um, of the malignant variety, et cetera, on the spectrum, um, see themselves as superior, um, to their victims, and they see themselves as stronger. They they see the victims as um inferior, stupid, deserve to be used. Um, and mistreated as a lesser, weaker being, um, quite naive. And these are all qualities that actually, um, in reality, people are, oh, well, I'm a nice person, why would they do this to me? I've been nothing but nice to them. You know, I'm a kind person, why would they pick on me? Or, um, And it's not your fault, this is the thing. Um, people blame themselves, well, if I wasn't so silly, if I was a bit more streetwise, if I wasn't so naive, if I wasn't such a, you know, open generous person. Well, there's actually nothing wrong with those people um sometimes they're actually very and they're not damaged either often sometimes they are and they will pick out pick them out from a room it's interesting an article i saw um called confessions and read from 2005 called confessions of a predatory male Um, It sort of describes from from this male's point of view that basically they roam around having sort of sexual conquest. What's quite interesting is that they're separating um, the woman from the sex and just being like, well, it's something I do, it's a hobby, it's like a fun entertainment. I go around doing these silly things, almost like a sort of silly activity um, for entertainment. But Describing themselves, actually, in this particular article as um, a hooligan, a sexual hooligan. And I thought it's interesting because not all forms of abuse are sexual, but this predatory male... Now, they could be predatory for different reasons. It might not just be, it might not be sex. It might be that they're predatory because they're con artists. They want to take your money. They might be after the money. It might be that they're predatory because they just like the thrill of it. You know, like, like people like the thrill of stealing things or taking things or knowing what they can get away with. But I think it's all interlinked. It's the same mindset in a way. And of course, um, sexual abuse and predatory behaviour is, is... A form of aggression, a form of violence it's not really about sex. Um, I think they have a distorted view of what that is so it's more of a, a case of um, taking what you you want when you want to and having a casual disregard. People talk about lack of empathy and it's come up in some of the interviews, well, this person had a total lack of empathy or emotional connection or now we can all meet people and you know flirt with the idea of being with them but not find a connection it doesn't mean because we can't connect with everybody we see um that there's something wrong with us but i think these people um the fact that they are faking it and this brings me to my next point really um is the deception there's been a lot of talk about um this sort of thing deception lying by omission so just you know, not really telling the lie blatantly, but just missing out some really important information. And we don't have to all meet people and confess all straight away. That's not really normal. But, um, you know, not declaring your intentions. You know, supposing many psychopaths have actually got a plan laid out, what, what they're up to. And many rogues and individuals and, you know, sort of petty criminals, etc. in your life who are looking to prey on others. They do have a plan. You know, they know when they befriend that little old lady with nice rings and jewellery and a nice house that who lives alone, they are testing the water to find out what can I take, what can I get out of this? They're not genuinely interested in befriending an old lady. You know, they know when they are targeting a young, upset woman. I think there's a description here somewhere that I wrote down, um, about a man in a bar, how he can scan a room. Um, and spot the upset woman, or the woman who's needy, or the woman who's desperate. And the thing is, you know, I was gonna say, no man really wants to go for that, the woman who's upset, but a kind person would show kindness without wanting something in return. Um, But these people have always got an agenda, they've always got an intent, but they're not always upfront about that. In fact, they never are if they're predatory. Um, They're going to go about playing the game and it's just for fun, you know, and it's testing, always testing the water, you know, for reaction. So be aware that they're testing you in a subtle way. But also, I think we need to not go around playing silly games because you don't want to play with fire. Um, But I think if you do suspect somebody is a little bit and you're not quite sure, I think there are ways that you can test um, them subtly without them knowing as well the sorts of questions that you can ask are um, whether it be dating, whether you be already engrossed in what you would call a relationship um, with them. You might have them in, they might have a foot in the door already. Um, and I think you can actually gauge what the priorities are. You know, are they superficial? So what is their priority? Is it the way you look and appear to the outside world? Um, is it is it about secretive a secret life is it about the thrill of well you know i don't really want to you, there's two extremes here there's the person who wants to plaster you all over facebook and show you off as the arm candy and sort of annoy the ex partner or the ex wife or the ex husband and then there's the the sort of look at me lifestyle they don't really care about you but they want the lifestyle um type and that's all pretty odd And the arm candy, you know, there's that thing as well, isn't there? But then there's also the secretive. Nobody, They don't really want people to know their business because they're roaming around um, pretending to their victims that they are in a healthy, happy, connected relationship with them, whether it be a friendship or um, a flirtation or, um, you know... Um sexual relationship, etc, that's intimate or private, but of course privacy and secretism can be used sort of this secrecy can be used as a sort of a, a tool really to just be sneaking around getting away with this very weird lifestyle, and they can pretend to be quite overt. they can go out and say hello to people and wave to people, and they might switch between the two as well, so they might switch between the very showy one minute. And then go very secretive the next, which shows that they're just trying to kind of a keep control over all these people, keep them in their place. They're not allowing them to have any influence over their own lives and their own situation. They're the ones dipping in and out. You know, you are just the fast food restaurant, you are just the provider of that service, you know, and this is where the superiority comes in again. Now they might act the meek and lowly man, they might act the fool. Um, but they still see themselves as important, they're, they're, you know, more important than you are. And this is where this sort of egotistical, um, you know, type of personality comes from, really, the the, the self-entitled, the self. And it's not always about background, you know, people can mistake a sort of confidence or a confident background and knowing what you want for this. But what you'll find is with these people is that it's very inconsistent or there's just something not quite right about it. Um. So, how do they get the foot in the door? So, this is um. This was part of the article actually. It touched on this that um. This lady Shannon Ashley touched on as well, which was I thought was quite interesting. Um I mean, she talks about how they use a skill, um, like an art or writing or music, etc., to sort of draw the victims in. Like you know, oh well, I'm this great, you know, wonderful person. This great poet. This great, you know um but i i think this this boils down to very everyday life as well because i think um these skills and these um platforms if you like that are utilized now i'm not saying don't ever go to the gym don't ever go to an art class or don't ever go to you know or talk to anybody of course do that but be aware that there are certain environments um i'm always a little bit suspicious um you know the, the, there's the men who turn up to yoga class or might even be running their own Um, There's the uh, person who's the touchy-feely vegan who cares about animals, you know. Are they really, you know, or have they just decided to kind of use this as a method of um, conning a certain type of person into believing that they're, you know, this wonderful person who can be trusted. Um, Do they have skills in a trade, for example? You know, are they offering to do your kitchen for you or to... um, you know be a useful man about the house is this a sort of method of um convincing you i'll put those shelves up for you you know or or that sort of thing is this a sort of you know um a way of sort of finding out how well i've done you a favor you know this sort of thing well it might just be money um what's the other one date um not dating sites. what's what's the um slim as well's type things, um, not any slimming clubs. Um, You know, these are all not set up for predators. They're perfectly legitimate businesses and, you know, they're often run by and for women. Um, But who are these perhaps men who, like the teacher, you know, who infiltrates the school in order to abuse children or the little helper, you know, community little, you know, person who gets involved. It does make you wary and i don't want to sort of like instill this fear of don't go anywhere don't join a club don't join a night school don't don't learn a language don't um that's not what i'm saying here what i'm saying is um just be aware that they will use certain skills to big themselves up i'm a musician most of the musicians that i mix with the perfectly normal non-predatory individuals but Um, There will be a few people who use like this, oh, well, I write songs, I'm this amazing person, or, you know, um, they'll use that status as a sort of way of getting a foot in anyway. And, you know, and so you admire them as well, you know, abusing that position of admiration. Um, They might be older as well. So you might be sort of in all of them, or they might have great influence. That's another thing. Um they might have influence in the community community, um, in the uh, religious institution that you go to, they might have a great standing um, of authority. They might even be a police officer and you think, oh, they come out to help you out and this, that, and the other, and you know, you strike up a relationship with them because you feel protected or you feel that they might have um the means to look after you. But actually you know they shouldn't really be abusing that position, in order to do that. I think it's morally wrong. We've there was a, a documentary about it not too long ago actually about women being preyed upon um, as domestic violence victims. They had call outs and things, and um, they were sort of befriending them and then coming around to sleep with them and then finding out you know that actually they had a wife at home and you know this sort of thing and it was just taken advantage really as a hobby and I think this idea of treating other people as a hobby um, we've got to stop really there's also a bit of um, nonsense that they spout um, as well as the deception uh, pretending to be spontaneous oh well you see I I can't be reliable and I can't be reliable because I'm spontaneous you see I'm a spontaneous character or I have ADHD or you know these are are sort of like weird excuses or kind of reasons for... um, odd predatory behavior i think sometimes getting away with flitting about in and out you know mm. evading accountability um they can't answer a simple question i think that's a sign of a of, of sort of worrying behavior when you can't get a simple answer out of somebody about a simple thing um there are there are situations where people feel um triggered or they don't like to talk about certain things or whatever you know if they've been abused or something, that's different, but I think what we're talking about here is this sort of um you know why why can't you just be straightforward? why can't you just behave normally? There's a big big red flag and big warning signs, and I can tell you that they don't they they go on to reveal themselves even more and more over time um so this nonsense as well, this belief system, and they might say things to you along the lines of this um women have different views, women are different, you see promotes men and we hear this a lot we hear it said by women as well we see men a bit different you know we're not really that different in that you know we know how to treat people like decent human beings you know if we're a decent person (laughs) um we know how to treat people like a decent human being and we know how to be um you know sort of have a level of humanity um and i think that's and and this idea of oh yeah well women think of sex differently don't they well You know, actually, the way that you treat people is about the same. You know, if you consider somebody else, if you consider their feelings, if you consider them, if you're straightforward and honest, you're honest, aren't you? If you're... And this is something I hear a lot from perpetrators and predators. Um, They will say one thing and do another. So they'll say, well, I'm really... I'm always honest. Oh, but, you know, I'm a bit of a prat, I'm a bit of a fool, I do this, I do that. But if, if there's one thing I am, it's honest. Well you're not really being honest are you you haven't been honest at all throughout your entire life <laughs> with anybody um and sort of falsely admitting to being to do when you get caught out doing things or being pulled up on things or playing a play acting this part is not is that's not being honest that's putting on this little show a very clever little show um and is it clever no it's not really clever because you don't end up with anything at the end of the day they end up with nothing and you you tend to find they have a cyclic behavior so as they get older these predatory men they have a pattern of behavior you know it might be following women home drunk um it might be hanging around in bars or pubs, sort of, you know, opportunists, in the same way that, you know, you might find somebody who's looking to break into cars or houses might hang around looking for an opportunity, an open window, you know, a, a door that's unlocked. What you have to think of when you're thinking of predatory men is um, thieves. Because they are actually trying to steal something from you. Now, whether they're trying, they're trying to steal... um your soul whether they're trying to steal your sounds very meaningful um or they're trying to steal your um use you for something um they might be trying to steal your they might actually be trying to steal some jewelry from you (laughs) this has been known to happen um they might be trying to steal your um your time your space your body really they're sort of invading your territory um, they might even just be stealing your housing, your gas electrics, you know, they might just be like a sort of homosexual that just wants to move somewhere to live for a bit, you know, they, they, you get a lot of that, actually. Um, take what they can and off they go. And you might not realise, you might think, well, they're not taking anything yet. and they're bringing things round. It's This is the funny thing that happens as well. Oh, I just thought I'd fix this for you, or I've just brought this round for you, or I've brought this bargain. Oh, I thought we'd all have a party, and, you know, i brought all this beer round, things like this. And you think, actually, you know, are they bringing you anything of any value, or are they just... um... And is it their way? I found this pattern of behaviour as well, they have this way... Of um, because narcissistic individuals or psychopaths, sociopaths, because they're utilising a number of people, perhaps on a little circuit or circle. So they might dip into one person that they know. Then they might not be getting source or supply from them. They might get bored. They get very bored easily. This is another thing I've noticed. Um, now, we all get bored from time to time. <laughs> it doesn't make us psychopaths. But it is a, a little warning sign, actually, that um, where they get bored and then they sort of drop people, Um, And as I've got this new expression of using it like a fast food joint, because I think it is like they do utilize people like a fast food joint or a drive through or drive by (laughs) Um, because the damage they leave behind in a a drive by or a drive through and and the the way in, in which they sort of treat is, you know, I want this instantaneously now and I want it for as cheap as mu- as I can get it and I want to just abandon it then and I want to create and just leave the, a trail of rubbish behind. Um, and it's not really good for them and it's not really good for you and it's not really good for anybody. And that's why I sort of see it as that, a convenience. Now people might say, well, I like that, you know, um, and you do up to a point, but do you want to be treated like that? Do you want to be, um, do you want to be um, a fast food um, disposable objects, you know, no, not really. So, um, so yeah, and you'll find there's this pattern of behaviour, and they'll admit certain things. Oh, well, I did wake up and find these women around me once, or but I've never cheated. Um, yeah, um, and I'm a decent person, and I would never rape anybody, and this, and then you find out that they are pushing those boundaries, and that they are, in fact, you know, taking advantage of women when they're in, intoxicated, or they are, in fact um using people for one night stand when they were not under the impression they were having a one night stand they were under the impression that they were actually embarking on some sort of interaction with another human being (laughs) on a respectful level um you know they will often label people that they have actually been with them we yeah a lot of people have had crazy people in the background. I mean, I've known crazy people. I've known people go on dates with crazy people. I've known people and be in a relationship with crazy people and then go on to lead very normal, fulfilling lives. But it's funny how they always describe um, the people that they've mistreated as crazy, isn't it? And you'll find this quite a bit. So, yeah, so I thought I'd just do a little... Like, I'm going to have a little look into this a bit more... Um, but i was really interested to to hear some of the statistics if you haven't heard i don't know if you can go back and watch this again on sky news this morning and um, they were talking about um some new research that's been done into um women and girls more accurate statistics and how to get hold of those by asking specific questions and i'm really interested in that i think that's really good because when you do ask somebody Um, A lot of people I've done interviews with on here and also I know from my own experience talking to people um, who've been a victim of my own abuser, um, they've said, oh, they didn't do this. But they did this, 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 and this. And I'm saying, so they did do that then? And they were like, Yes, okay, yeah, they did actually. And that's not me convincing them that something's happened that I hasn't, or putting words into their mouth. That's them actually saying to me, Well, they didn't hit me, but they grab oh, they didn't do anything physical to me, but then they grabbed me and they did this and they did that. Or they never really financially did anything to me, but um they got me thrown out my house and they got me, you know, this that knew that happened, or they sold my car, or they, you know. <laughs> and you think, oh I'm okay. And this isn't because these people are stupid, this is because when you actually break it down into specifics you find out that this is exactly what's happened so um that is important but also you can go even so far as to really be really specific because one of the things that was mentioned was have you ever been thrown down the stairs um for young girls and that's quite common but I actually haven't been thrown down the stairs but I was dragged up the stairs and suffocated and threatened with my safety and threatened with my life at one point um so I think that giving people the opportunity as well to expand on that. Well, has there ever been any incident around stairs in the home or in the kitchen? Or, um, you know, have, have you ever been, you know, physically grabbed or this, that, and I think that, that, that question of people waking up to, you would never know this because people don't talk about it. Um, and you think they would nowadays um in an open society in groups but we've had a lot of people say that they've either been drugged or they've woken up to people having sex with them and that's interesting that that really is interesting um and as i say it's all on a spectrum isn't it of behaviors so some of them might be lesser to you some of them might be greater to someone else um but they are what they are they're all indicators and all traits whether they're you know, very, very obvious traits or whether they're subtle ones, they all add up to this big picture of predatory behaviour. So, um, yeah, I'm talking about specifically men because um, I haven't really had any experience of working with, apart from very limited um, accounts of women in relationship with other violent women. I have heard their stories, but not as many. Um And I certainly haven't experienced that myself. So I've only experienced um, mostly um, looking into predatory male behaviour. And, and how interesting that I've actually sat and listened to men tell me about their own behaviour quite honestly when they believe that, you know, I'm not judging them or I'm not... um They have actually... Um, opened up to me at times and told me things that sometimes they've forgotten or sometimes have been inebriated, so they've forgotten that they've told me about how they may have been preyed upon as well. There's a very strange generation in the UK of boys and things and bullying at school, which I find fascinating because I've never experienced this myself. Um, But there is um, a few generations before me. um, So I was born in 1981, and I would say prior to that, so um people born in the 60s um 70s etc they experienced a lot of um child abuse actually keep teachers crossing a line um going to pubs and bars crossing a line um having sex sexual experiences and having access to sex very early um and these are these are men you know these are men who have who have gone on to 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 commit you know, crimes that they haven't been caught for, if you like. Um, these are men who use pornography and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into pornography because I haven't really come to my own conclusions about that yet. Um, but there is um, there is a correlation in their attitudes and they have been very open with me about talking to me about their pornographic use, which I appreciate. Um, I'm not going to link the two right now, but I'm just going to say that um, I think it has had an influence on them at one time or another it's definitely influenced them um and I'm sure it does everybody I'm not going to say whether it's good or bad I'm not going to make a moral judgment on that but um I hear from a lot of other podcasts around um these sorts of things that they're very against that sort of thing um I would just like to open the discussion. I'm just like really interested to hear and to witness and to see how it affects um, their behaviour and their predatory behaviour as well. So in previous um, podcasts and and interviews, we've talked a lot about domestic violence and domination and about um, aspects of the Freedom Programme as well. But I'm really talking about a specific type of um, predator and this comes into my sort of virtual zoo um, descriptive thing, so I think the Predator sanctuary, for those of you who've heard little extracts from my writings and my sort of ideas about those people I've encountered, I've put them into character and I've put them into this picture of a zoo that I'm building up, um, both in a sort of drawing and charts and also in writing. So. I think um, the predator's sanctuary and the predator's area um, of that zoo, I think that's something that actually needs locking up. (laughs) They're definitely the ones that need locking up because they're the ones that cause the harm to others. Um, And they they cause a lot of harm throughout their lifetime and they're very rarely caught for all the things that they've done as well. So um, it's sort of tying two things together there, really. Um, I think that those... um, household abusers and the abusers that we've witnessed so far and those that go on to abuse through other institutions that we've talked about um are the same predators um that have been carrying out these things all over the place all their lives um and it seems to be a a pattern so Um, I think we'll definitely be putting those in my little zoo. If you don't know what I'm talking about with the zoo, (laughs) listen to my previous podcasts, you might get an idea. I basically decided that I would, um, having looked into all the characteristics and the aspects of these people who are making our lives a misery, um, I thought, um, and causing this trauma and abuse, I thought I would categorise some of them um into creatures that could be described almost a little bit like a child's book that you go around the zoo and you you look at them and you look at the characteristics and their behaviours and things um so it's just a bit of a comical thing really it's a way of describing it and it's a way of looking at it and studying it and because I think the more that you actually look at them And who they are and how they think and what they and how they behave from a purely sort of like wildlife point of view. A, it gives you a bit of a sense of humour about it so you can cheer yourself up um, and you can look at them for the ridiculous people they are. But also you can recognise that they are dangerous predators and that they can have a real, they are a real, there's a reason why they're in the, you know, behind bars or in a cage or they should be, some of them, and they're not. And there's a reason why some of them are roaming around in the wild. Um, And why we feel the way that we do about them, why we do feel scared to go out, why we do feel scared in our own homes, why we are walking on eggshells, why we are um, waking up um, or feeling tired and exhausted, why we are losing um, our children or our resources um, because of them and why we are left feeling in this way. And there's a reason for that. and this is my best way of explaining it, really, is to put it in this particular picture and this particular context um, is the best way that I can put it together, really, and explain it to people. So, um, And I do that because I hope it'll empower people, really, to recognise it for what it is, um, but also to cheer themselves up a little bit by seeing it f- through, through my eyes and through, with a bit of humour um and maybe they'd like to add a few little animals and creatures i remember having a friend actually went through a series of awful boyfriends once and she used to talk about them belonging to the the wildlife park and the baboon sanctuary and we used to have a good old giggle about this every time she was you know got over her tears and there's those idiots that were out there and actually you know this is sort of stemmed on from that um So, you know, they are, some of them are baboons, some of them are dangerous creatures, some of them are insects and buzzing around, irritating. Uh, Some of them are parasites, as we've described, some of them are vampirical. So they're almost like a sort of um, vampire-like or um, sort of uh, stalking or impacts. Um, So they, they operate on a sort of level with others. And some of them are leaders and some of them are predators. And I think this is a really interesting way of looking at them. So that's something for you to think about um and I would recommend reading those books Dario of an Oxygen Thief and Chameleon in the Candy Store you can find them online you can order them you can order them on ebay you can order them from any bookstore um online uh I think there is an audio or cd or version or book as well I'm not sure you'd have to look that up um there's a kindle and a paperback and hardback book version so check it out um you can have a good old bit of entertainment to it if nothing else as well to cheer yourself up um as well as the serious nature of it okay i hope everybody has a great time and a great day and a great week i've not been feeling very well so i've had to take a bit of time off which has given me a little bit of time to look into these things um give me an hour here and there to just do that so i appreciate that and i appreciate you listening So um, I'll see you for the next podcast. Bye now.